Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Julia. Julia migrated to Singapore from Malaysia when she was four years old. Growing up with immigrant parents who tried their best to support the family, she knew that education was important. So she studied really hard in school, and fast forward, she joined PwC in Singapore. After she joined PwC, she also worked at PwC in the UK for three years and was made partner in eleven years, which is a very fast track. On top of that, she also had her first child in her first year of partnership. I mean, I see her as this superwoman, very successful with an inspiring story. So I'm so looking forward to our chat today. Welcome to the show, Julia. So great to have you today, and thanks so much for your time. Well, hello, Lucy. Yeah, thank you so much、uh, for inviting me to your、uh, podcast, and really, yeah,、uh, feel very privileged、uh, to be able to share, yeah, my story. And hopefully, yeah, yeah it will encourage, yeah, whoever is listening in. <laughs> I bet it will. So okay, so you moved. To Singapore from Malaysia when you were four years old—that's very little—and I doubt you have a lot of clear memories when you just moved to Singapore. But do you remember how was your childhood growing up as a child of immigrant parents? Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. So. Um. I think for me, uh, when I reflected on my childhood years, I think three things、uh, stood out. Uh, I learned to grow up quickly. I've、uh, also learned to take on、uh, responsibilities at a young age, and as a result of that, you know,、uh, becoming more、uh, resilient. Of course, I can say all these now on hindsight,、uh, but then you know, <laughs> growing up, that's certainly not what I was、uh, thinking about. So perhaps yeah, for a bit of、uh, background. Uh, so my parents were in the category of、uh, what I call working class、uh, immigrants. So when you're not、um, highly educated, you move to a new country with a young family. You have no professional network, you know, to boot about, and with no uh, family uh, support,、um, you have to be very creative. To look、mm. after your family, so that's、uh, exactly what my parents uh, did, um, and especially my mom. So growing up, you know, looking at、uh, what my mom did for the family, I think、uh, that you know has、uh, deeply influenced、uh, me. So again, I didn't know it back then, but、uh, on reflection, I think、um, you know my childhood,、um, going through those years. Uh, those were probably the best lessons、uh, one could get on uh, resilience, uh, creativity, and、uh, determination. So quite happy to you know share some examples、uh, of those,、um, if you will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, resilience is one of the best soft skills that we can we can learn, I guess,、uh, and someone can have and. Do you have any sort of like examples that you can share, like any your childhood memories? 
Yeah, sure. Um, happy to uh, share that. Um, so other than myself, um, is uh, just a younger sister who is uh, five years uh, older than me. So that's you know quite a big gap when you think about growing up years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so my mom couldn't really go out uh, to work and get a full-time job because uh, there wouldn't be anyone, right, to look after mm -hmm. the two of us. So to uh, help out with the family income, uh, she became a seamstress so that she could be at home to work and look after us. So uh, back in those days, right, um, she was paid by how much uh, she could sew. And this was mass production. It's wow. not uh, It's not tailoring. It's just, you know, uh, yeah. sewing the hem and, you know, based on the design. And you just, you know, do as fast as as much as you can. So uh, at a young age, you know, uh, I started to help out with uh, household chores uh, that my mother uh, would teach me uh, so that she can, you know, spend more time sewing. So before you start to think that I was a good child, I wasn't. I was often <laughs> unwilling and then I often wondered, uh, why do I have to do these when I don't think my friends, you know, had yeah. to. So this was uh, around, you know, um, seven to ten years old, right? Um, so that was my point about, you know, learning to take on responsibilities, even though, you know, um, uh, I was at a young age and, you know, was uh, an unwilling one to take on those responsibilities. <laughs> then it, yeah. Then another example, um, again, during that, that period of time, right? Uh, my mom couldn't walk me to my primary school. So this was maybe about five uh, blocks away because my younger sister, she was yeah two years old then. So mm. she, she had to be at home, right? There's no one else. So then she would um, ask me to follow my uh, neighbors uh, to school um, so that, you know, there's at least, yeah, uh, adults around to make sure that, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, I get to school uh, safely. So, so... I mean, I just did what my mom told me to do. But again, if I reflected on it, that was like problem solving, right? Yeah, you have a younger true. child at home. It's like, okay, you can't really, you know, do this. Yes, could she have, you know, um, uh, carried my sister? I'm, I'm sure she could. But in the end, she decided, hey, you know, just get the, the older one seems to be independent enough. So just let her follow, you know, the, the neighbors. Yeah. So then maybe the last example, um, which I thought may be worthwhile uh, sharing, and this was really about yeah, creativity, I think, in the context you know, of what I saw my mom did and I guess you know, the, the impact it has on me, right? So fast forward a few years, uh, in my early teens, right? Um, I guess, yeah, family was uh, growing bigger. You, you needed more income. So my mom uh, decided to get another job that allowed her to work a few hours uh, in the evening. This was quite interesting. Uh, mm. It's actually um, selling and delivering uh, the health drink called Yakut, which I think a lot of people... I know Yakut. Oh my yeah. gosh, I know <laughs> yeah, Yakut. I'm familiar it's, it's with. quite popular in Korea. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so okay. back in those days, well, I guess, yeah, they, they, they started home delivery Yeah, quite early on. Same in Korea too. We, we yes. had Yakut. Yeah, I know. I know exactly ah, what you're talking okay. about. All know, right, so my mom became a Yakut lady. Yes. So, <laughs> so you earn a uh, sales commission. So you have to get the orders yourself and then you, you then are, uh, are paid based on, you know, the volume of sales 
you can get. And typically, um, the Yakut company will recruit, right? These uh, what we call aunties, right? Mm-hmm. In our local context. And then they say, okay, you cover this area. So I was living in, I mean, in Singapore, uh, housing estates, the HDB. Um, mm. Yeah, where you you have blocks and blocks, right? Um, or flats is what we call it. So then my mom uh, was uh, given right the the area near where we uh, lived. So she became a Yakut uh, lady. Um, so it was quite interesting. I mean, the company right um, provided the training and then provided the equipment like fridge and the cooler bags right so so yeah at, at my house back then we, we had we, we had yeah many many packets of mm. uh, yakut so in the evening so my mom would fill up her cooler bags right with yakut and then use her bicycle to go around the housing estate to deliver yakut to her customers so um, i was well in my early teens right so I'll, sometimes i do follow her on some evenings uh, when, you know, uh, the, the orders happen to be, you know, more and uh, I help her to carry um, the bags mm. because uh, these are drinks, right, and can be quite um, heavy. So I was quite embarrassed, you know, sometimes to go around because, you know, my friends are, are also mm. living in the same state <laughs> and they certainly uh, didn't feel to me like a glamorous uh, job. Mm. But again, I, I think it's, you know, creativity right you have constraints right there's no one else you, you can't hire help right then mm. there's uh, no one else um, to kind of look after your, your children uh, but hey this job allows you to you know just do it uh, for a certain time um, mm. during the day when when you can mm-hmm. wow when you just you know, we're talking about Yakult. I exactly imagine <laughs> all the Yakult ladies in Korea because yeah. I don't know. They are still there. They're still here in Korea. But like mm. back then, they were like literally what you told me. They are delivering Yakult like to to home. So right. yeah, I, I can totally imagine what you're what you're saying. What you're saying. Well, were you always you you know you studied really hard, right? Were you always really good at like studying or Um, how did it happen (laughs) how did it happen (laughs) well i guess uh i um was pretty i guess i was better than average uh, Mm um in school uh even uh since a young age uh but i was not like your you know top student where i can be top by not studying so so i knew that much about myself <laughs> so I, I can do well in exams but i need to put in the effort mm. so that was mm. uh, what i did yeah so nothing happened uh you know i, I didn't have any uh, miracles or set uh, or a setback that that caused me to be on that path i i i, I wouldn't say i enjoy it but uh i guess it was the realization uh that in singapore uh, during that period when I was uh, growing up in the 80s and uh, 90s, right, um, Singapore was pushing itself to be a meritocratic society. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, you know, um, you, 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 education, right, will mm-hmm. help you, right, uh, yeah. improve your uh, social uh, mobility. I, I guess, uh, don't ask me yeah, whether there was any uh, intention, but I guess from where I was like, okay, you know, uh, make sure I study hard, get a good job when I grow up. <laughs> yes, yes. 
I mean, all the experiences that you had during childhood, you know, you know, helping your mom sue and uh, helping your mom with Yakult delivery, I think it all adds up to what you are today, I guess, uh, all the great um, lessons that you learned um, during childhood. Do you, did you have any childhood dream? Like, you know, I want to, you know, like when you were, when we are a teenager, when we are young, oh, I want to be, you know, so-and-so. Did you have that or you were more focused on studying and then making sure I have a good education? Or mm. how, how was your childhood? Um, I guess, yeah, um, it depends on what you uh, define as uh, childhood dreams, right? Of course, I dreamt of, you know, um, becoming a pilot, you know, running a <laughs> restaurant and um, becoming an athlete even, you know, oh, to wow. represent yeah, Singapore in Southeast Asian Games. But I wouldn't really call those like really, you know, my dream dreams. It's more a representation of uh, the phases I happen to go through or maybe what I happen to be influenced, right, during mm. that period of time by what I watch. So, however, I think uh, what, uh, was a dream um, that I was quite uh, determined to pursue, right, was uh, going overseas uh, to mm. study. So by that time, you know, I was, um, I guess, yeah, um, preparing for my A-levels. And I think that uh, desire to um, go overseas um, to, to study, um, to see the world, to experience uh, life uh, abroad, um, I think I would call that yeah a, a dream that that was uh, very real to mm. me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you were so so you were planning to uh, apply for the university in the in the UK, right? Yes, yes, that's right. H how Ooh. was uh, how was your experience? I guess like you were studying really hard, and then you were dreaming to study ab abroad, and how you know, and in the end. Um, you know, I heard we we already chatted before, so I I know already, but you didn't get the scholarship. So I'm sure you worked really hard for it. But uh, you know, when you didn't get what you were kind of dreamed of, how did you, you know, overcome that? Like, you know, you've been working so hard on it, and you know, it's not happening. So how 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 did you feel, and how did you overcome? Um, well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, I felt uh, disappointed um, and I did get into the schools that I applied for, right? It's just that uh, I, I couldn't get the, the, the uh, funding, right, that was needed um, to go uh, overseas. Uh, however, at the same time, I wasn't prepared uh, to incur a huge uh, debt um, mm. at, at a young age, yeah. So, and I also uh, happened to get a local um, scholarship for a course that uh, was my first choice as well. So it was not that, you know, I was left with uh, no option or a poor uh, option, right? So mm -hmm. after weighing in, um, I decided to, yeah, stay on uh, in Singapore, go to a local uh, university. So in a way, you know, like deeply disappointed, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I decided, yeah, that was probably the better option for me at that point in time to stay at home. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and have you, like, d during university, you were, 
like I guess like you accepted it, you know, in in a good way, I guess. Uh, but have you always like wondered, oh, like when am I gonna live in the UK? You know, it's my dream. How am I gonna live abroad? Have you ever kind of like planned it out, like in your mind? Um, I, I guess uh, yes, actually, yeah. During university, um, there were uh those uh short uh term Ex- exchange, exchange programs. Yes. Uh, so uh my housemate, uh, my hostel mate uh, in uni, uh, we were all quite geared up to go. <laughs> uh, but then after that, we looked at you know the universities, the locations, the elective courses that we could do, and the sum of money. Uh, in the end, yeah, we decided doesn't make a, a lot of sense. Yeah, to go for it, and also partly, yeah, financially. Um, I thought you know just going for a short stint, and I had to you know, uh, cop out you know a sum of money. I didn't. Mm. It is still. It's, it it wasn't the same as if mm. you were to go away properly for a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I I didn't uh, go for that uh, option, but the dream was still alive. Right. It is. Mm. Um, uh, irrespective of whether it's uh, UK or it's just yeah, I I am young. I I want to you know, go uh abroad to experience life. Yeah, and well, in the end, you did. So <laughs> that's good for you. So so like after university, you joined PwC right away. Mm. If I'm not mm. mistaken, like I mean. Joining PwC will be a lot of young professionals' dream. I have no doubt on that. Like you know, big firm like PwC is so glamorous. It's just amazing to join a company like that. Is that something that you were planning, like during university? Mm. Uh, I didn't plan on joining PwC um, specifically, uh, but the. Reason I chose uh, PwC over uh, some of the other job offers I had upon my graduation uh, was uh, the associate uh, program um, for working in the UK and doing um, the uh, chartered accountant qualification um, over a three-year um, period. So it was available to uh, associates in their second year um, to apply. So it was uh, mainly for that uh, reason that I chose a PwC over the other um, job office. And uh, for my first year, because um, you apply for it at the end of the first year with uh, PwC. So, um, so by that time, I was quite uh, focused on making sure I had the best possible chances of uh, being selected for the program. So um, I talked to a manager who had done this uh, program before about mm. uh, what it what what it's like, right, to be living overseas and also um, having to do the uh, chartered accountant qualification, and also uh, what does it take to then be selected for the program. So in my first year, um, with that uh, goal in mind, I made sure that I performed well. Uh, on my engagements in PwC, mm. um, and then uh, by the time yeah the program opened up for us to apply, I applied for it, and uh, thankfully yeah I got through. Wow, 
Congratulations. I mean, <laughs> that's、Thank、a、you. smart plan, in my opinion. So, could you tell me a little bit about your life in the UK? Like, you know, you wanted to live overseas when you were a teenager, and finally, you are living in the UK, and now you're earning money. You're working at a good company, and how was like how was it living in UK? Um. Okay, I so I was there ah、uh, in total ah、uh, for for three years. Then subsequently, I I went back there again for a year. But I'll focus on the the first experience, right? Ah,、uh, uh, I would say that、uh, overall it was a very positive、uh, experience, and it's um a self discovery, you know, of、mm. uh, myself as well, right? And I mean, I went there when I was in my early. Twenties, yeah,、oh, maybe twenty-two.、Wow. So really、um, young, twenty-two, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I would say overall a a, a positive、uh, experience, but、uh, along the way,、um, I also you know faced、uh, challenges,、uh, and and that's the whole self discovery part, right?、Mm-hmm. I learned about oh, that's what people think, and you know you you learn、um, about.、Um, Learning to listen, interpret, and respond to、mm. um, different perspectives because、uh, back in early two thousand, right, Singapore compared、um, to the UK, UK was、uh, a lot more、uh, cosmopolitan, right? And、mm. being in London, it's a very very、um, lively、uh, city, and、uh, you you meet、uh, people from all over the world. Because at that point in time, right, Singapore was not known to be the Singapore of today, right? Oh wow! I, well, yeah. I sorry, I can't imagine because now Singapore is so diverse, and、Correct. you have a lot of people from all over the world. So yeah, it's、uh, it's really interesting to hear that. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yes. Oh yeah, that that's right. Yeah. So I so I would say that yeah, Singapore today is is very different, right, from the Singapore uh in in early uh two thousand. So going to London therefore was like, wow, you start to meet you know people from all over the world. You learn about um、uh, you know their cultures. You learn to. Pick up accents.、Mm-hmm. Before that, I couldn't tell, you know,、uh, yeah, an English accent from a German accent, yeah, yeah, right. So, so, so you learn all these things, and and I think on the、uh, personal side, right, because、uh, London is so close、uh, to、um, Europe, so obviously got the chance、uh, to travel,、um, to yeah, visit other.、Um, You know, new、uh, other countries, and then also picking up、uh, new experiences. So, for example, um, uh, with a group of friends, uh, I picked up skiing. Oh,、mm. nice, nice, nice. And、um, do you have you experienced any like sort of cultural differences, especially at workplace? I mean, you know, you are working at a UK office, and you already at at that at that point in time, you already. Worked at PwC in Singapore for one year. So, any cultural differences that you experienced? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. However. Um. You know, it was a long time ago, and you know, both、uh, Singapore and UK have changed. Uh. Yeah, quite a、true. bit in the past uh twenty years. 
but if I reflected on that point in time specifically to um, your questions around cultural differences, right? I think one of the cultural um, differences that struck me, right, about 20 years ago um, was the fact that uh, socialization and getting to know each other in the workplace in Singapore was quite different compared to the UK. So uh, in Singapore, right, being an Asian country and being a foodie uh, nation, mm. we are... Uh, tend to bond with each other over meals, especially uh, during lunch hours. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, when uh, in my first year, right, uh, in PwC, because um, of the nature of our industry, we typically join with friends from the same school. Um, and because you are, you know, first year, uh, noob, right? So you tend to want to meet for lunch, uh, yeah. share experiences, and and also that that's how we got to know um other colleagues uh as well, yeah. So so that was uh you know lunch hour was a very important part, you know important hour of yeah. uh, the work day, right? So when I then started work uh in the UK, the first three months to be honest uh was uh, quite a struggle, you know after the euphoria of yeah, I'm in a new place, you know, I, I yeah, uh, achieved yeah. my dream. Then I realized uh, on this uh, social uh, aspect, right? The lunch, there was nobody asking you for no. lunch. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be like waiting expectantly, right? I mean, I'm new in the office. I don't really know a lot of people. So I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, people will start, you know, asking mm-hmm. each other for lunch, like, like what we, we do. Or what we did back then in Singapore, and it's like very quiet. Yeah. And then I realized, uh, oh, actually, people would just step away by themselves. Yes. Buy lunch, <laughs> come back and eat at the desk. And then I realized, okay, so people don't really see lunch hour as a social hour. The social hour actually is the end of the day. <laughs> when mm. they would go to the pub. That's actually true. That That is a really good point. Yes. Yeah. So mm. from after three months of like, oh, I'm so lonely to, okay, I think I know the, the, you know, what the difference is. So so I, I, I adapted. And, and thank goodness uh, I can hold uh, my drink and I do like to drink. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. I adapted to, <laughs> you know, the way I, I yeah, get to know um, people. That's yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't really thought about that, like um, lunch hour thing. But I, I hundred percent agree with you. Like Korea, Singapore, Asian culture, still mm. today, like lunch hour is very important. And then mm. you bond over lunch, you know, hour. Mm. But yeah. like even like other countries, like in Europe, in the Netherlands, or, or mm. in Canada, other countries. Mm. They don't really, you know, you become more independent per se, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, you know, you cannot somehow expect uh, your colleagues to come to your desk and ask for lunch every single day. You just like do, right. do, you know, you need to find your own way somehow. Yeah. So yeah, that's a. I haven't really thought about in that perspective. So it's uh it's actually true. Uh, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was happy to hear that. <laughs> So, 
Okay. Now, um, so you were working in the UK for three years, and uh, now I want to really focus on be- you becoming a partner at PwC. It's a it's a huge achievement, and uh, you made that achievement in eleven years, and you had a child as well. So, uh, I mean, it's uh it's amazing. So, I don't know, like, what's the right question? But any any tips? That uh, you could share with young professionals who are, you know, they they can work at, uh, you know, big, you know, big four accounting firms or any any firms in general, but they want to get promotion really fast or they want to be successful in the corporate world. Do you have any tips that uh, you you like to share? Mm, sure. Um, I think everybody is different, but I perhaps yeah, based on on my own you know experiences, uh, I'll share maybe three points. Um, I think the first one is uh, attitude, and you know really putting in your your best work, no matter how menial um the task is, and I say that because uh, uh my own observation of um you know the um, younger generation is sometimes uh, they may not uh, have the commitment or you know if it's something that's not interesting they Mm -hmm. tend to uh, give up quickly right or think that uh, they're not going to get anything out of it Mm -hmm. but I would like to uh, perhaps yeah frame it in a slightly um, different way it's not so much of uh, what you are being asked to do is more your attitude, you know, towards mm. that responsibility that you have been um, given. And of course, I speak in the context of uh, professional um, services, where it is very much based on uh, teamwork, right? Mm. Everybody contributes individually, yes, uh, but uh, we collectively, we, we take pride in giving, you know, our clients, right, the best mm. uh, outcome. So I think my first point is, you know, Put in your best work, no matter how menial uh, it is. Take pride, you know, in, in, in what you do, right? Because you can always learn something from a exactly. particular task, right? Or a particular responsibility within the project that you are in. Then secondly um, is around uh, teaming, right? So teaming is knowing when, right, to be a leader. Mm. But at the same time, is also knowing when to be a follower. So even in, you know, what I do today, even though I'm a partner, right, uh, sometimes I'll tell my team, uh, especially if it's, you know, things that they are already good at, I'll tell them that, hey, you know what, you guys can do it. And, you know, in that instance, right, I will follow the team's uh, tenfold. So so I think teaming uh, is important even more so because um, with, um, you know, technology, right, and having people... Um, being able to do their work and being connected uh, digitally, we need to continue, right, to be able to collaborate mm. and be able to, you know, kind of uh, appreciate different perspectives, mm. right? Uh, whether we agree or disagree, that's a separate, you know, matter. Yeah. But it's about, yeah, learning how to work with people in, in mm. some way. And I think lastly is uh, being humble. Uh, again, in the context of the environment that we are in now, it's really fast moving, mm. right? So I, I, I compare, right, the role of a partner today versus the role of a partner 20 years ago. 
when mm. you don't have Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, when you need, you know, specialist advice, you need to talk to a professional, right? These days, yeah, true. I'm ill. Uh, who do I go to? I Google first, right? Mm. Before I actually mm-hmm. go to a doctor. So my point here is, uh, because of the environment we, we are in, uh, there's so many new things that will continue to, you know, happen, right? Uh, with ESG becoming a global uh, agenda, many of us, yeah. you know, are, are doing it for the first time. So I think having that humility to say, I don't know, having wow. the humility to say that it's okay, I don't know, but I will learn. And having the humility mm. to say, to, to, to ask others, you know, for help. Wow, those I wow those those three points I haven't really you know it's I think like collaboration yes I heard it but like um being humble and um being really okay with uh, being vulnerable and you know humility that's I think the first time that I hear uh I really like that <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, and I think uh, for me I mean uh, on the point about vulnerability right just to share because you know of my current role right uh, sometimes i think to myself oh no do i um am i expected to know this and sometimes yeah. in my head right then yeah julia you are expected to know this but i realize no if i continue to be like that then i will actually not be relevant anymore if i stop mm. learning right so these days i'm like no the world has changed right there yeah. be new things right hitting us, new business models. And in my line of work, I better make sure that, you know, I learn and I learn faster <laughs> and be able to apply, right? Yeah, and, and share my learnings uh, with, with others where possible. Wow. It's just a, just a, out of curiosity, do you, well, have, do you, have you always had this gross mindset, like a learner, you, have you always like enjoy learning new things or I don't know, I guess like my question makes sense, but yeah, <laughs> Did you always, have you always had, I, I think it also comes from, because if you are, because now, as you mentioned, the world is changing so fast. There are so many new things we need to, we need to learn and we need to adapt. Yeah. And sometimes it's not easy to say yes to everything, even if yeah. it affects our work. And mm-hmm. um, I, I was wondering if you always have been, uh, had this growth mindset or is it something that you, everyone can learn? Uh, I think everyone can learn. And this growth mindset, right? I didn't even know about this concept until I was, you know, a working, yeah, adult. But of course, <laughs> in, in these days, right, in schools, uh, they, they start to teach it at a very young age, which is a, a great thing. And this is also what I'm trying to, yeah, um, impart to my children. But I think um, everybody can learn. Right, and it's just working out how you learn. Oh, yes. Right, yeah, and 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 some people learn, you know, by observing, right? Uh, by experience it themselves. Some people have to, you know, read and internalize before they can, you know, share. Uh, and and most of the time it's probably a combination, right, of different mm-hmm. uh learning methods. I think more importantly, a step 
before that, right, is whether we are recognize the need to learn and whether we want to learn. Then how you learn should be, you know, a natural yeah step after that. And you then yes. be able to seek out, right, the, the, the resources. But I think the desire and the intent uh, have to be in the person to begin with. Hmm. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> okay. So my last question to every guest, uh, what is your favorite book that you like to recommend to the listeners? Sure. Um, I think uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, books is uh, The Alchemist uh, by oh. Polo Coelho, right? Um, so to me, right, uh, it is really about a book, right, that's being true to yourself, be true to your dreams, to your calling, and then not be afraid, right, mm -hmm. to pursue them. Easier said than done. And I actually... So, so I first read a book, right, in my 20s. Um, and then I reread it quite uh, uh, recently. Mm. And I think it's one of those books that, uh, yeah, personally, I, I will return to it time and again because mm. each time I read it, um, you know, I have uh, different uh, revelations. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I love that book as well. So... <laughs> <laughs> And to be honest, like I've been waiting, like I, I ask this question to every guest, right? And I, I, I love reading books as well. I have many books that I like, but so it's very difficult to choose one of the yeah. favorite books. But yeah. The Alchemist has been like one of the books in my radar. So I was waiting yeah. for someone to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said Alchemist, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I think for those uh, who are interested in, you know, behind the scenes uh, type thing, actually uh, the, re the the author himself, right? I mean, he did a podcast uh, with uh, Oprah when he talked about, you know, his um, journey writing that book. And he felt that the book was not really written by him, right? But written through him, yeah, by, you know... <laughs> A more divine, yeah. yeah, authority, so that you know all of us um, can can read it and and I guess interpret it for ourselves, what it mm. means uh, to us individually. Oh my gosh! Wow, <laughs> forty <laughs> minutes just passed by. I really enjoyed talking to you. Well, we can wrap up today's interview. Is there anything that you wanna say before we wrap it up? Um. Yeah, well, um, you know, so, so um, Lucy, we, we talked about it, right? Uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm doing a podcast, and usually I'm very shy about these things, uh, but um, the objective of doing this is uh, to let my story hopefully uh, help others, you know, through uh, perhaps a dream that they've been, you know, wanting to pursue, but uh, have some doubts or you know, knowing that uh, if you put your mind to, to something, uh, you can, you know, achieve, yeah, your goal. So um, that's really, yeah, the purpose of me, yeah, sharing uh, my story here with you today, Lucy. Wow. 
I'm sure a lot of people are getting inspired by your story, and I'm sure there's, you know, if we, if your story can help one person, at least, it, it's really meaningful, right? So I, I bet I, I, I'm sure of it. So thank you so much for sharing your story, and thank you so much for taking your time today. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode, and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.